Hello once again everyone, thanks for tuning in to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, we of course want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week on whichever platform you choose to listen. Thanks to Pollyanna DIY, they make some incredible enamel pins that you've maybe seen at our shows. We do have them available, so keep an eye out on uh, AIW social media for those when they go for purchase. They also have t-shirts and all sorts of other custom merchandise, so make sure you check out Pollyanna DIY. And thanks, of course, to Angelo's Pizza. We're all stuck in this isolation period right now, so you can't unfortunately go there and sit down and have a wonderful meal, but you can pick it up or get it delivered, so make sure... You check out Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And thank you, of course, to the wonderful merger that helps us get the video out to you if you didn't get to the show or if you want to watch it back. We're talking about the merger between Smart Mark Video and IWTV or IndependentWrestling.tv. So you can head out to SmartMarkVideo.com and purchase all sorts of physical media, as John Thorne likes to say, on DVD or purchase the MP4s. And you can also sign up using the code ABSOLUTE and get a five-day free trial at independentwrestling.tv and check out all of the independent promotions that IWTV offers you as well as the AIW catalog there. Love that physical media. You're a big fan, I know. <laughs> With that, we get into this week's episode. We are continuing the trend of uh, utilizing Squadcast and and talking to people while we're all isolated. So we are joined by AIW owner John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts. And we have with us Mr. Jake Clemens. Uh, do we call you senior referee? What are, what are, you, what are you, Jake? That would be Senior official it. AIW, or is that Tom Dunn? <laughs> that would be a question for John Thorne to answer. <laughs> he doesn't like that being in that position. <laughs> Jake Clemens, you should know by now that I don't give one shit about the referees. I was going to say that. <laughs> you know, whatever. You could be titled called whatever you want, man. Whatever. Senior referee. <laughs> CEO referee. Yeah. Tom Dunn would be absolute official. Was Tom Dunn, Tom Dunn was furloughed for a couple of years, though. <laughs> Tom Dunn was furloughed. De- David the Potato decade. was furloughed. Yeah, about a decade. And I Tom, think Dunn, the, Tom Dunn went a long time. I'm the only he, referee that hasn't been furloughed. He had a long Xavier time, Franklin, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Xavier's brand new, which you, you had a hand in, which is, uh, is nice. This is your, your transition. There's been some in other AIW. referee. There's been some other referees in AIW. Uh, Doctor Dan texted me last night. He's like, "Who the fuck is this referee?" And uh, I I don't even remember his name. It was uh, he was from Mega though. Do you remember that guy? Do I remember the referee from Mega? He oh, also, Styles. Styles. Yeah, he also he that's, yeah. that's it. He, he wrestled, wrestled as in, a in a mask. Uh, the blue cat or something. Yeah, he wore. Something. And then there was also yeah. uh, there's also referee Eddie Winslow. Yep. Who was at Good Company for one of those AEW uh, pay-per-view things? Oh. I think I saw him at Hell on Earth, or maybe that's where I saw him. Hell on Earth. Yeah. No, I think he was. At, I think I saw him at Good Company too once. I know his brother was there. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the other AEW refs. Drew uh, Taylor. That guy, uh, Drew Taylor. Yes, yep. legendary Drew Taylor. He's been uh, messaging me a lot lately. Yeah, I've seen Drew post on Facebook recently. He's getting you know for a while he was totally off the grid, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's kind of getting back back on the grid. He's been messaging me a little bit. We uh, we've shared some some stories recently. 
Uh, there was also that guy, Bruce, that used to come with Colin. Colin and Delaney, yep. Jimmy Olsen. And uh, the one time he wanted to g- go sleep in my parents' house, and I said, dude, they don't even know that I'm here right now. Because they had a pool, so I threw a, I threw a pool party with the roster in my parents' backyard, but my parents were sleeping. They didn't know, like, I was like, I don't have a fucking key to this place, dude. I haven't lived here in a long time. They don't know we're here. Like, sleep in the breezeway, pal. <laughs> Oh my. Are there any other? There has to be some other refs. Oh boy, um, JT Lightning. JT, yeah, legend, mm-hmm. legendary ref. He he ref for a while. Uh, I'm trying to think of who was on my so first beneficial, show. by the way. Yeah, yeah. My first show was me, him, Drew Taylor, and Bruce, and JT. What? We wanted to go over Simons, and he was just like, "All right, kid, I got to do this, 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 this." And I was just like, "Take whatever you want." Like he's like, "I got somewhere to be," and I was just like, "Take whatever you want, do whatever you want." JT was like a weird one because <laughs> he would he was a great worker, but then he would also just to be involved he would like offer to referee all the time. Like even before like long 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 time ago, like pre like trained era of you know being involved in wrestling, JT would be a ref on those shows and just to like try to help out, which was you know it, it was such like a, a crazy concept at that time in like the late nineties. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think of like some of these other referees. I guess it doesn't really fucking matter. Uh, <laughs> what uh, What year was that, Jake? Your first show. 2010. Yeah, where'd you come? Where did you come from? Yeah, you're a Pedro. You're a Pedro draft pick, right? Yeah, Pedro draft pick, first round draft pick from Pedro. So I came from Real Action Wrestling in Barberton, Ohio, which is my hometown. Um, oh, I remember man. the Shamrock was, baby. Shout out to the Shamrock. R.I.P. to the Shamrock. They <laughs> tore the Shamrock anymore, down. Right? Yeah, it's flat ground now. They still have Francoise, which is a strip club next door. Yeah, before we before we even go on, let's just give a little history of this place called the Shamrock. Uh, Shamrock the Shamrock was this little bar in Barberton, Ohio, and throughout the years there was various other companies there, but they would also they would hold I believe it was every single Wednesday. It was Tuesdays. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Every single Tuesday, there would be an indie wrestling show there in front of about seven fans. <laughs> like <laughs> That's generous. For, for years and years and years. And, it, like, uh, various promotions went there, different promoters. Like, I don't know. It was, like, such this, like, sought-after piece of real estate for uh, to host wrestling events, which was uh, on Tuesdays in front of maybe seven people. Um I wrestled there a couple a couple times way back in the day, and uh, yeah, it went on forever. Did it? What happened to it? It burned down or something? So, I believe it was hit by a storm or it burnt down. One of the two. Or like a flood or something. Yeah, that may have been the flood because we Barberton was hit by a really bad flood. Um, so that's where either, you came. That's where yes. you came from. Yeah, how that's long, where I came from. How long were you doing that, Jake? Oh man, I want to say. How do you get involved in that? Let's. Yeah. Let's uh, where do, how do you even so, get in there? Oh man, so is this story. I, I think when I met you, you're about fucking sixteen or seventeen years old. <laughs> um, so when <laughs> I might st- even be generous. Yeah. So when I started, um, this is kind of a sad story. Um, so I used to go to indie shows with my friend Tim. Um, That's what we're all about, man. We're all about sadness. Let's get in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to an indie show with my friend Tim. Uh, it was Mid-Ohio Wrestling. The main event of the show in Barberton was Osiris, who is now known as Congo Kong, versus Rosie as the superhero in training. Shit. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes. Um, and Tim was supposed to go to 
Florida to Disney the next day um, on vacation with his mom, his grandma, and his sister. Happiest place on earth. Yes. Um, we, I, we like separate, went our separate ways. I woke up the next morning to a bunch of phone calls and texts from his, his phone. And I was like, what's going on? And I read one of the texts and it was from his sister. And she said, um, that he had passed away. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he was like, he was supposed to go to Disney. Like I said, with his mom, his sister's grandma the next day. And, um, he always wanted to either wrestle, ref, manage, commentate, ring announce, anything to be involved in wrestling. He wanted to do that. So there's a lot of there's a lot of those guys, man. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So when he passed, I went to Real Action Wrestling in at the Shamrock and Barberton to Frankie Andalini, and I asked him if I could get involved, and he said I had to wait till I was 18. So I would go back every so often. Then when I turned 18, um, I started there, and uh, then which translates me to uh, AIW, the day of my high school graduation party, Pedro called me and was like, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, nothing. And he goes, do you want to go to Sandusky for AIW? And I, no offense, I had no idea what AIW was. I didn't know there was indie wrestling outside of CZW, best of the best, uh, CZW Tournament of Death, and Real Action Wrestling. So... I go <laughs> real action wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What a time! I didn't know there was independent. What a wrestling. list! I was what a list thing that has seven people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, well, said, I'm sure he wasn't too impressed with AIW considering what, what happens on this show. But. <laughs> so, which it's a funny story. So, I tell my parents because I'm still 18 at the time. I'm 18, but I still tell them because I'm living with them. I said, "Hey, uh, Pedro." Uh, called me he wants to go me to go to sandusky tomorrow this older this older man is gonna take yeah, yeah, <laughs> two yeah. and a half hours away yeah. so we uh go to sandusky we do the show um, the day after the show we'll talk about the show here in a minute the day after the show is my high school graduation so that was and at that show i like messaged pedro the next day and i was like i don't know if i want to do this like that, that show had less people than the Shamrock. <laughs> that was rough. That was that was one of the few ever bought straight up shows ever in AIW history. <laughs> From dusk till dawn. The, it was never released on DVD. Uh, I don't think it was only released mm-hmm. on YouTube, like in like split up in intense TV episodes. And uh, boy, what like I know we've talked about it on the podcast, but for those people that haven't gone back and listened. Uh, basically, the situation was this: this uh, concert club in Sandusky, Ohio, the said we're going to give you guys X amount of dollars to come do a show on this date. <laughs> and we said, okay, cool. Uh, we made some promotional materials for them. We dropped them off, um, and uh, you know, all, all, all we were expected to do was show up, get paid, and put, put on a show. They would. We were just getting a flat fee. They would keep all of the money at the door, whatever. Uh, you know, beer, money, everything. And what nobody took into consideration is Sandusky is a, is, is a pretty small town. Um, it's like kind of like a vacation town. Cedar Point is there, and there's like a lot of like cottage places. And, you know, it's like it, not a lot of like residents outside of Papa Pepperoni, I don't think, uh, <laughs> res, like reside in uh, Sandusky on a full-time basis. Uh, well... <laughs> this little small <laughs> vacation town 
happened to be hosting a Motley Crue concert (laughs) and the very same night as the AIW show in like a gigantic self-made like concert facility for Ohio Bike Week, which is a gigantic motorcycle festival that goes on up there. We had no idea about this because we're not from the Sandusky area. Uh, And you would think if you were a concert promoter, you would not be trying to, uh, you know, love or whether you love or hate Motley Crue, they are going to draw a much larger crowd than Absolute (laughs) Intense Wrestling in 2010. Uh, This guy thought differently. He thought that we would give Motley Crue a run for their money, apparently. And uh, that was not the case. Uh, There was about 10 people in the crowd in which the guy forgot to even charge those 10 people. And when we went to go get paid, the guy was playing online poker because he said, like, the only way we were going to get paid is if he won, like, the next hand. He had been been playing online poker all night trying to win a pot of money in which that is how we were going to get paid. And uh, he had cash on hand, but, like, that was all the cash he had to his name. So it was like he was gambling. I don't know what the fuck was... Like, I don't know anything about online gambling. So I was just like, hey, dude, like, we need our fucking money. And he's like, oh, it all depends on, you know, the next card, man. And I was like, no, that's not, like, <laughs> that's not what we signed up for. Like, we need to get paid. And I, I believe it was, like, me and Biggins and Drew Cordero was there. And, like, mm-hmm. we were all – and because Drew Cordero kind of, like, set this deal up for us because he – at one time also did reside in Sandusky, Ohio, much like Papa Pepperoni. And uh, he had set this deal up for us. So it was a total disaster. We ended up getting paid, but it was like the most embarrassing, like probably one of the most embarrassing AIW moments ever uh, because there was just like nobody there and the show just never came out on DVD. I don't even know if there's like that footage still exists from that event, but uh that was the first. That was also the very first show of Colin Delaney. So a little <laughs> long history fact there. I remember after the show, because I was just so new, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, I was tearing down the ring. It was me, Pedro, Angel Dust, JT Lightning, who had come back. I don't know where he had to go, but he had come back. Um, Colin Delaney. Probably Motley Dalton, Crew. See, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Colin Delaney, Dalton Castle, Freddie Midnight, who oh, was Colin Delaney's brother? Yeah, yeah, legend. Um, Stur- uh, Jimmy Olsen. Corey Graves was on the show. There's a lot of star. Was that star- that, that show was loaded. It was a star- very good show. Corey Sienna, Graves. Al- Allison K was on the show. Uh, uh, Angel Dust. Crimson Tommy Mercer. Our uh, our boy Chris Dickinson, who is so happy to uh, not be in the AW <laughs> anymore, according to Twitter. Shima Zion. Uh, yeah. DJZ. Uh, Flip Kendrick. Philip Kendrick, Lewis Linden. I mean, there was a lot of people on that show for it, for it to be so. I mean, it was bad, but it was like so many of these people. Uh, Crimson, Tommy Mercer mm-hmm. was on the show. So many of these people were on the show before they were anything, which is mm. kind of crazy to think about. Mm. And uh, it was just such an embarrassing. I remember Corey Graves wrestled in like just street clothes because there was nobody there. He wore like <laughs> bo- he wrestled in like bowling shoes. Uh, and then. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Pedro loses the canvas. Yes, we were coming home. It was I got back from the show at 4 a.m. I had to be up at seven for my high school graduation. Um, I remember my mother texting me, worried to death where we were. But 
uh, we were driving home and Pedro had the trailer at the time and I believe it was raining and the canvas just flew off the back of the trailer somehow. It didn't get... <laughs> and so, somewhere between Akron and Sandusky. Yeah. Wow. That was uh, that was uh, that was one of the very few, very few Pedro blunders in his uh, AIW career. Yeah, there's not in many. Which he was very, he was very high. upset with himself. Yeah, <laughs> he was very upset with himself. Uh, oh, man. Wow. So that was your first show, huh? Yeah, it was my first show. Where, like, what's next? What's next for you? Because I, we must, we just must not have had like any refs at that time, because. You know, there was a time where Potato was a ref, mm-hmm. and we had that Bruce guy. Yeah. And I don't, you know, like, refs were typically, like, in AIW were somewhat of, like, a ride-along situation mm-hmm. for a while. So, so after that, we had any, been... maybe Potato wasn't even around then, because that could have been when he was on his his outs. I'm not sure. No, because this would have, my next show would have been Absolution 5, which was... With Daniel Bryan, that's much Daniel much, much more much more uh, <laughs> represent better yeah. representation of AIW at the yeah. time. That was a very underrated card too, because that was Daniel Bryan Gargano, that was Seth Rollins Chuck Taylor, that was uh, DJZ Ricochet. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. John Moxley was on that show. Uh, no, I, I don't believe Moxley was on. Oh no, no, that he was on Absolution Four. Yeah, yeah um, four. That was a very loaded show. That was my second show, and. When I texted Pedro about not coming back, he's like, just trust me. Wait till the announcement tonight. And I was like, what's the announcement tonight going to be? Because I was like, I didn't know anything at the time. And then I, he's like, get on Facebook at like 8 p.m. or whatever. So I was like, all right. So I refreshed Facebook and then bam, props up the uh, Danielson graphic for Absolution 5. And I just go, okay, I think I'll stick around. But I think what... That was a badass, stuck that was a badass poster. That too, was a great was, poster. It was like his face all bloody. Yep. Um that's how I believe I stuck around because I think I just asked Biggins. I was like, Hey, um, if you need me on future shows, I can write up with Pedro and he just goes, yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds bad, but like the roughs were always like, uh, especially in that time. Cause Mm. you know, you have to kind of lay the landscape. That is when Cleveland is in just like the thick of indie wrestling wars Mm. in Cleveland. Um, You know, you have so many different companies, fighting over the same little bit of territory. Um, so, like, we just had so many other things that we were dealing with on top of, you know, of, like, right around this time, it transitions to just me and Biggins. Um, so there was just a lot going on, and, like, you'd be trying to compete with the lineups and the shows and getting talent and worrying about money, and then it's like, oh, shit, we forgot to book a ref, you know? And, like... Uh, I think once you came along, it was kind of like, okay, well, we'll at least have one all the time. Mm-hmm. What uh, Do you remember what your matches were on that card, Jake? Which card? On Abso 5. Abso 5, I would have had the team of Alpha Beta Duke and John Thorne versus... There you Black, go. Black versus Blackballed. Which I did something so stupid in that match <laughs> that nobody gave one fuck about, and it was the dumbest idea I ever had, is I had... Uh, I had Sean Blaze like Sabu me, but not with a chair, like with a giant forty-pound spool of barbed wire, and like it hurt so bad, it was so heavy, and like not it did not register with one person. I was like, this is the fucking dumbest thing I ever did in my life. Uh, I actually just put up the card 
and I remembered the matches I had. So here were the matches I had for that event. Okay. I had the tag team gauntlet number one contendership match. Colin and Jimmy Olsen versus the Banana Brigade of Dalton Castle and Freddie Midnight versus Under, the underrated team <laughs> versus the Jack of Love, Chess Flexor and Jack Verville. Another underrated team. <laughs> versus Marion Fontaine and Super Oprah. Another underrated Ooh. team. <laughs> yeah. Versus Chase Burnett and Zane Silver. They're pretty good too. The opening match went twenty one minutes. It was a gauntlet. <laughs> it was a gauntlet match. <laughs> the second match I had would have been the eight man tag between the Latin Crime Syndicate. And the pleather platoon of Ben Fruth, Corey Winters, Hobo Joe, oh, and Dave the Potato. So the potato there was still is. around in this in this time. Then there was the rest. six man. Then I had, which was probably a match that I should not have been in the ring with at the time, uh, which was Shima Zion, now known as DJZ, versus Ricochet. Hey, which you gotta learn somehow, right? That's yeah, right. which I think is one of the most underrated matches in the company history. Uh, I believe it is for free up on YouTube. So if you want to see it, 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 that it match, is. It's go it's check been it out. Up there. It's been up there for a long time. And mm-hmm. like a funny story about that match, like a little interesting tidbit, is Impact TNA, whatever you want to call it. Like when they were trying to scout Ricochet, and officials watched that match, and ended up signing DJZ off of it and offering him a, a, a deal. Like that's how he wound up in TNA was with a contract was because of that match because they were researching Ricochet and saw that match and said, oh, we should sign this guy. Wow. Mm-hmm. And That's then also awesome. had uh, also had the AIW tag titles, best two out of three falls, Aeroform versus the Young Studs. Ooh, That's a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. you, TJ Dynamite Incarnation, correct? No, this was Bobby Beverly, Eric Ryan. Oh, okay. okay. That would have been a recent switch there. Then. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> TJ Dynamite, I believe, is uh, Potato's favorite young son. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I think he's number one, then, <laughs> then, then Bev is number two. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you've been around AIW for quite some time. You know, we gave a little <laughs> history here. Um, what are some of your kind of favorite moments, and what are your some of your least favorite moments? <laughs> oh, favorite moments? There's so many. Um, I would have to think. Probably, it's been mentioned before, but the DJZ Ricochet match, like I said, that was, I think that by, made by me being like, mentioned before, you mean two minutes two ago? Two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, that match to me at the time, that like made me open my eyes and was like, oh, okay, like I need to step my game up and this is, this is, you know, this is what wrestling should be. Um, you kind of realized that it was more than just standing in the ring in a striped shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've been around for a lot of stuff. You know, it doesn't yeah, have to be like yeah. a match or anything. But like, no, what are just, just some of your fondest memories? Yeah, the Turner's Hall era because um, I got to do a match in there that, if you're a Cleveland wrestling fan, it should be the pinnacle match for you, which would be Matt Cross and Josh Prohibition. Because that's the building that is like synonymous with Cleveland wrestling. Those are the wrestlers that are synonymous with Cleveland wrestling, and to like share the ring where they trained with them was just like I think to me the ultimate honor and, as a Cleveland you know wrestling. You know what's cra- fan. you know what's crazy is um, I was thinking about this the other day because 
you know, I've been working on a lot of stuff for the AW Patreon, and I've been, mm-hmm. you know, I've acquired some Cleveland All Pro VHS tapes, and I've been trying to pull stuff off of them. Mm-hmm. And like, we really built Turner's Hall up with this mystique, which was somewhat fabricated in a sense, because a lot of the most epic Cleveland All Pro stuff happened pre Turner's Hall, and the West Park Party Center <laughs> is actually probably a more historical cleveland wrestling building but nobody like nobody talks about it i because i've been putting in these uh these cleveland all pro vhs tapes and there's just all these wild shows and wild lineups from from cleveland all pro at the west park party center and that's where i would go see cleveland all pro at when i was a fan you know when i was like 14 years old and it's kind of funny how (laughs) when jt moved to turner's hall in the early 2000s how like and then he wasn't there for that long it was just like his full-time spot for a couple of years. And when we got into Turner's Hall, like we really like gave that place a mystique and like marketed it. And now that I'm kind of going back and going through the actual history of Cleveland wrestling, I think the West Park Party Center is a more iconic building. Um, but it, it was just, it's also small and there's not a lot of parking and it's a very, it's very expensive to rent. Yeah, that was the the home of well the site of Absolution Five, which was the card that we just ran down. So, right, and that's where I mean we were there for a, a while, at least a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's just interesting, you know, some of these some of these buildings and some of the history um, in Cleveland wrestling that so many people don't even know exists uh, because a lot of that footage was was lost. Um, now you really enjoyed the Turner's Hall area era and yeah. the, doing that Josh and and Matt match. Mm-hmm. Um, what so like at what point does this go from like because uh, I you know I noticed it I don't know when it happened but you, you went from like being like goofy Jake the ref to uh, referee Jake Clemens if that makes sense like what <laughs> no, that makes sense yeah when do you when does it kind of sink in for you. Oh, when it sunk in for me was when I went through the period at AIW where I was the only ref. And Iron, I was like, yeah, Iron Man Jake. And it was, there was tons of shows. I mean, I remember doing a, two girls night out tapings and it was, I think 24 matches or something in the that ballpark. And I remember just Pedro was like, have a gallon of water with you, have a towel back there, wipe your face down, take a drink, come back out. And that's what I had to do. I had no time to like go and be like, "Hey, what's your finish? Hey, what's your finish?" So like, I would just figure it out in the ring, or like, I would just ask them, "What's the last move that's going to happen before I count to three? Um, so I didn't like have much time for. Twenty thirteen. This would have been 2013, 2014. So I was I mean, only three years in yeah, at that time. The, the, there was a little while where we were doing double header GNO tapings to kind of get mm-hmm. yeah more more out of it and make it more worth it. Yeah, I think that's when it happened where I was like, okay, I got to take this more seriously. And then when I met Jason Ayers was probably the the moment that I was like, okay, I think I can I can do something with this. When uh, how do you guys kind of yeah when's cross that paths? That would have been through Twitter. Um, I put up a tweet. I can't remember what it was, but he didn't even follow me at the time. I think somebody retweeted it and he saw it on his timeline. Then he direct message me and was like uh basically i was just saying i wanted to referee a lot of matches and he just explained the 
difference between quality and quantity. And that's kind of when it started clicking. I'm like, okay, because I was trying to get out and get all the experience in the world. And I just, every weekend I wanted something. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, this, I don't need to do this show in whatever well, city, Ohio, in front of 25 people for $25. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's somewhat of a contradiction because it really depends on where you're at, uh, skill wise, level wise. Because, you know, if you weren't doing those 24 match, Iron Man sessions, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't have had some as many reps in. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I definitely think that you know I, I, I get what you're saying, and I, mm-hmm. <coughs> I I I have a similar kind of talk that I give to the AIW students a lot, uh, which is you have to get your reps in, but also you don't have to kill yourself in front of those, you know, twenty fans and you know where wherever you know west virginia or Mm -hmm. southern ohio or wherever um you know and i i think that there's you know there's just like a almost like a contradiction there because you do want to wrestle or you do want to ref as much as possible and you need to and you need to work in front of those fans but also you have to save your body and you have to save your miles and you're just uh you can get very you can lose your patience much quicker doing that route so it's it's really a double-edged sword and it is a fine line for guys to walk um but i I will say i think you know if you did not have that solid home base you know it would have been hard for you to get those reps in yeah and it's all basically just thanks to pedro if he wouldn't have taken a chance on me he saw something in me and was like oh this he can he can potentially do something so everything i've ever done is just (coughs) thanks to him and one cool thing i've always done again thanks to him uh i lost my first two years but i've kept a log of every single match i've ever refereed everything it's on my iphone notes like it saves with my cloud once i get done with the year i email it to myself um but before the quarantine before coronavirus covid19 uh, in 10 years, I've done 1,047 matches. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And 2013 was my peak year at 299. I think, like, um, you know, I, I do think that's cool, especially, like, uh, I don't know. I, I can't think of who did it. Like, I know some, maybe it was, like, a Jericho book or somebody, you know, like, I know Jim Cornette has done it a lot, too, is, like, mm-hmm. when they come back with their logs of, you know, I did this uh, on this date, like, and I was paid this much. Um, I think that's just mm-hmm. cool for, like, records down the line for if a guy's going to write a book or, you know, just to have it, just to show your journey. Um, keeping a log, I think, is is, is very helpful. Um, yeah, what- it's cool because I, I can type in any person's name and see what year. Like, it gives me the year, the match number, and who they wrestled. So, like, I typed in your name, for example. The first one that popped up, 2013, John Thorne versus Haley Hatred, or 2012. <laughs> and then that was that was followed by AR Fox and ACH. So it's, like, yeah. cool to go back through and look and see, oh, hey, I did ref for Sarah Del Rey. Hey, I did ref for Haley Hatred. Hey, I did ref for – I haven't ref for Steve Guy yet, but hopefully that's coming soon. That's – I don't know. Uh, don't even <laughs> – don't bring that back up. Did you uh, – <laughs> Yeah. Did, did you find that, you know, like, because um, this is one benefit that I think the AW locker room has maybe over some other ones. And, you know, there's plenty that, you know, has, you know, things over ours. But did you find that um, 
the network, like the ability to network, helped you with some of these kind of upper upper tier people? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I always saw opportunities to network with people. Um, I'm a person that too, when I I want to ref for as many people as possible, just to be like, just to look at and be like, oh, I've never refed for. Uh, I don't know, like Glacier. I don't think I ever did a Glacier match, but you know, you that would on, be cool to do. Before you go on, is mm-hmm. this like, I guess let me get it in the head uh, of a referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that kind of like the equivalent of like working with a name, like wrestling a name? Is it like roughing for them? There's people that like that, but I've always been a moments person. Um, for me, like you it's said, all about one, moments, baby. Yeah, it's, it's it is all about moments. Like for That's me, a moments talk on this podcast. That's one of right. one of the cool things, one of the coolest things for me. Um, again, another cool moment that it's always just going to pop up is like, I got to referee Dennis Stamps last match. That's something yeah. that That's, I will always have. That's special. Um, I always liked refing the student debut matches before Xavier came around because I got to see the progression of guys like Dominic Garini and Joshua Bishop. And Chase Oliver and Trey Lamar, um, Big Twan Tucker, baby, Big Don't Twan Tucker him. as well. Don't you forget yeah, him? No, but it, it's just cool. I like being with people on the ground floor because when they hit their peak, you whether it's a WWE, whether it's AEW, whether it's Impact Wrestling, whether it's NWA, you can say, "Oh, I knew them when," and you were on the ground floor with them. And I just I like being along for the ride, and I like moments over anything like like i said one another cool moment was being able to do the main event of our first wrestlemania show that was a big moment second, for brother. us that was the second, second. oh yeah i forgot the detroit show was that the detroit one yeah, yeah that was the first yeah, i was not around for that yeah. wrestlemania 23 <laughs> oh boy tom dunn would have been there for that mm. when you when you talk about the names like that though are there certain mm. names that stick out where you think okay i do want to do that because i feel like there's something i can learn from mm-hmm. that match. Yeah. Um, a, a big one for me was Chris Hero. Okay. Chris, any t- and anytime Eddie Kingston's in the ring. Those are the two to me that, like, I wanted to ref their matches because I knew they would give me, if I was like, hey, can I have feedback? And they would be honest with me and they would be upfront. And they've wrestled so much and they've had so many good referees that they can be like, maybe do this, maybe try this, maybe don't try this. But who's, those were uh, two. So who's someone that has given you good feedback or has kind of helped you out, given you advice, maybe even unsolicited? Um, Potato. No. <laughs> um, recently, because uh, everything's recently, was um, one was Dexter Loomis, who was formerly Sam Shaw, um, who's currently at NXT. He was... Well, we'll see if he's still currently there. I don't know. There's a lot going on this week. <laughs> he uh, he was one that helped me out a lot. Colin Delaney uh, helped me out tremendously when I first started. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Corey Graves helped me out a lot. Um, Tim Donce was very helpful. So there's just a lot of a lot of people that like when I first started, and even still now, um, with like. Dexter Loomis was, again, very helpful. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, I'm trying to go through my catalog here and see what, what I've got. Um, it's got the catalog up. Yeah, man, yeah. I'm scrolling through. Get that catalog. Scrolling through. Um, 
I mean, you don't get it. You don't have to name anybody, like yeah. everybody, but um, you know, I, I just I always find that interesting because there are people like that will like a guy like Tracy Smothers can't mm-hmm. not give advice to people. Yeah, uh, and there are those people that are like that, and then you know sometimes you got to kind of pull it out of people. So you know, I was just curious from uh, a ref referee standpoint how like how that how that all works you know mm-hmm. i was a i was a referee at, at a time in my day as well <laughs> yeah i always and when the match finishes whether it was good whether it was bad whether i did great whether i did bad i've always i probably shouldn't admit this now in the t- quarantine times but i've always shake people's hands i thank them for the match and i ask them if everything was okay and if they're okay because like our, i like the, i'm gonna tell you i don't like this covid19 thing because I'm going to have to find another way to weed out people that don't respect me, you know, like <laughs> I contact. If, if, if they're, if they're, if they're getting rid of the handshake, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be like, that guy doesn't respect me. Uh, I love the handshake. I love the wrestling handshake. Like I love that. Like just that old timey gatekeeper stuff where you have to like sh- shake hands and bow down to the veterans. I love that shit. Maybe it's a bow down COVID, now. COVID-19 is taking that away from me. Maybe you make people bow to you now. Fuck. Don't put yeah, shit like that in his head. Come on. Get down on, get, get down on one knee like a fucking knight. Yeah. <laughs> kiss, kiss the ring over Yeah, here. just walk around with a ring and make people kiss yeah. it. That's probably worse than handshakes. That's though. definitely worse than handshakes. Yeah. Absolutely, that's worse. Yeah, let's, oh, do the, like, let's do the get down on one knee like a knight thing. All right. Like a, Motherfuckers. On, you heard it here first. Get it together, uh, Jake. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, um, you know, things uh, are ever-evolving in wrestling. What, like, what's the, what's the, the, what's the Jake Clemens plan, you know? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? What I'm trying to do is just continue um, improving, uh, continue helping Xavier, because yeah, right. So, like, let's touch on that. We didn't really talk a lot about that. You were somewhat of a person that was taught on the job. You you didn't really go through like a formal training session or anything. You just kind of mm-hmm. learned as you went and evolved naturally. Uh, but you kind of took on the role of taking what you you've learned and you probably learned a lot the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. teaching Xavier Franklin, what was mm-hmm. that experience like? Man, he. Anybody that knows Xavier knows that he is just, he makes your day better by just seeing him. Like every time you see him, you can't help but smile. And man, happiest guy on earth, man. Yeah. Happiest guy on earth. And when he, he just loves being around wrestling and we get caught up in the drama and we get caught up in the politics of wrestling. And he's somebody that just doesn't, I won't say he doesn't care about it, but he's just, it doesn't matter to him. He's just there. He wants to have fun. He wants to try to make a living from it. He wants to do his best. He wants to learn. He's never... One th- phrase I hate, and I, I've used it before, is if I'm giving advice to somebody and they say, yeah, but... I mentally check out of the conversation when I hear, yeah, but... He has never, ever used that with me. Um, he's like he, he's like that, the like an athlete, you know, like in Cleveland, okay, mm-hmm. we Francisco Lindor for mm-hmm. his first few years and stuff, or like a Jose Ramirez, and these are guys where people would watch them, and then you'd hear them in interviews. They're the kind of guys where it's like, guys, we get to play baseball every day. Yep. Like, that's Xavier. He's like, that's we Xavier. get to be involved in wrestling. Isn't this yeah. cool? You know, and he, doesn't, being, he doesn't lose track. I will, I will say, though, I, I do, like, uh, the, I guess, fatherly, like, 
nature or whatever you want to call it, I do worry that the AIW school is just so insulated and so set up, you know, for success. I do kind of worry about what happens when these guys go out into the real world, you know? It's like, yeah. you know, like like a, like a rich kid situation where then, like, all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, I want to move to fucking New York City, you know? And they're in the Bronx and they're getting killed or something. Yeah. Like, I, uh, I worry about that because, like, it is such, like, a great system and, like, a totally, like, full functional system to where it's, like, a school, shows, like, ring rentals and, like... Honestly, like guys can just do AIW and they can get like their fill of being involved in wrestling and everything that comes with it. But I do worry about like a guy like Xavier, like uh, going out into the world all alone. Like that, that does worry me a little bit because it's like he's such a nice kid and there's mm-hmm. just so many not nice people out there. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, like just being around him. Like I could come back from whatever shows or whatever. If I see him the next week, my mood's gonna be my mood's gonna change. My mood's gonna be elevated because I'm like, man, he just loves this so much, and he reminds me of me when I first started. Because I just loved being around it. Like some pe- like now when I set up a ring, I'm like, Ugh. but like when I first started, I was like, yeah, like let's do it. And he's that way still, and he just he works so hard and he improves so fast. And he wanted to be a wrestler, but he came to me and just said, hey man, I think I want to ref. And I was just like, are you, I'm like, okay, like, just let me know when I have to be there. And like you said, the, like, um, the school sets them up for success. And that's a testament to you. That's a testament to Dom and Dan and Josh Prohibition. And just how, just how lucky these kids are to have so many good wrestlers within, if they live in Cleveland, within a five mile radius of them. Well, and also, you know, just all the veterans and stuff. And I do think that that is the one thing that kind of puts my mind at ease for when guys are kind of out traveling the roads and stuff is they do like uh, they do assume some some older brother type figures in the AIW locker room that will hopefully look out for them. You know, if they Mm -hmm. see them in, you know, Indiana or somewhere, you know, they're on the same show. I do think that is a benefit for a lot of the for a lot of these students because it is a crazy scary world out there if you're a brand new independent pro wrestler. I mean, it's like it, it can be overwhelming and uh, you, you don't know what to do and w- what's the right stuff to do and what's the wrong stuff to do. And I think that um, it it is good for them to to be coming through AIW and meeting people. Um, Xavier is just like honestly, I don't think enough good things could be said about that kid. No. Yeah. Um, what, what, what is that? What is that like, Jake? Then so he comes to you, he says that, and all of a sudden now, Jake Clemens, you take on a brand new role, right? Yeah. Now, now you're a teacher. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting because like I, I always, I like, I liked teaching, because um, my background, uh, I played basketball, I played baseball, and then I was actually a percussionist. I was a drummer for four years in high school, and I was. Uh, section leader for two years so I liked teaching um, and I liked being able to like see the progression of people from when again when they start to when I sure. won't see them anymore um, when he came to me I was just like oh man this is cool like I can take everything I've learned from the best of the best and give it to him directly because there was times where people would come to me and ask for advice and I'm like do I want to I'll give them the advice but do I want to give them my whole hand if yeah. that makes sense um, because there's less referees out there than there are wrestlers. And I don't know everybody's goals, but I know what my goals are. 
and if I give them my whole hand, they could use. See, my here own you go. Here comes the cutthroat part of wrestling. Here it is. Here <laughs> yeah, it is. See, yeah. Where's Xavier? Ref, can we add Xavier ref, to this squad yeah, cast? Ref, don't ref, pass uh, me up, pal. <laughs> yeah, ref, cutthroat. It's cutthroat, man. You know, it is. Like, yeah. It's cutthroat out there. He doesn't yep. want to give Xavier all his knowledge. Just oh no, I'm giving him. I'm giving him my full. He's got the the full hand. He's got the full deck. Jake Clemens about to be in Xavier's uh, Xavier's ear here. Count him out. Count him out. <laughs> hey now. Ring the oh. ring the bell. He should have known better. Never Those are dark times. Never been more <laughs> mad at you. Steve Steve guy always likes to bring that up, but I'm I made my mistake. I apologize for it. Well, oh. I, mm-hmm. I the only reason I ever do that is because I'm like that's the one instance where Potato gets so much shit, and I'm like, you know what, guys. This one's right. not on him. <laughs> he was he, he was right and I was wrong. That was like he gets a lot of crap for that. And I'm just like, I'm in the back. I'll never forget this because Duke brings it up every time too. And he just looked at me and the look on my face, he's like, You just turned ghostly white and go, Oh crap. I was furious. <laughs> he was job so angry. Oh yeah, that's why I kind of I kind of avoided John for the rest of the rest of the evening. That was the first headset show. <laughs> that was the first headset yeah. show after me begging to use them for so long, and I'm just like, oh, here we go. This is you couldn't you couldn't tell that first fucking show. ref heat, man. The ref fucking heat, like <laughs> yeah, that, it's unbelievable <laughs> ref politics that go on. That that first show, it was hard to uh, tell differentiate whose voice yeah. was whose because oh, we yeah. just weren't used to it. It's a fucking mm-hmm. walkie-talkie. You can't really t- tell people's voices, you know, yeah. like, especially with, all the other, especially with all the other outside noise going yeah. on oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, furious. Yeah. But that little flubber at the beginning of the walkie-talkie era made up for I think it's, they've, pay, they've paid for themselves. Which I mean, yeah. it's, it's, de- it's definitely helped out a lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's given... <laughs> Guys like Xavier and other students, like they've been able to step in and try producing, and mm-hmm. um, which is you know it's it, it's it's just another thing to learn while you know you're on the job. Yeah, um, it's also a lot of fun moments with the uh, more fun radio moments that people don't get to hear or see. Yeah, you know, play yeah, the there's a lot music of good ones. <laughs> oh man, Traxler gets yelled at. Um, I remember when Bishop and Justice went off the balcony. And I forget who it was. I think you were down there, Steve. And I was like, are they okay? And between the six seconds that it took for you to probably hit the button and say, they're okay, was the longest moment of my entire life. Because I'm just like, are they okay? And then I just hear this. And it was like that. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, they're not okay because he's not responding. But like, you got on right away. And they're like, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. But that that was probably the scariest moment. But there's been a lot of good ones. Most of them just involve people yelling at Traxler to play the music. Play the music or cut the music. One of the, one of the two. It's not always his fault. It's, I mean, it's so loud. No. But but the, the yeah. one time I just kept shouting it was that, uh, that man, that cash-in. Oh, I'm, man. I'm seeing people Steve leave. Steve got his hot that day. People are leaving. And I'm oh, like, man. Cue them. Oh. Play Fonzie's music. Fucking play the music. Yeah, I was posting that in the Discord chat. Oh, man, that was so funny. I'm oh, like, man. dude, we're gonna have an empty arena. I was freaking out. I don't action. think I, I don't think I was on a headset. No, at you that show because we because one broke, and I was like, what the fuck is taking so long? Oh, man. oh I was played the fucking music forever. That took forever. I was I was losing my mind, and I'm like, <laughs> fucking play the music. You get 
<laughs> I was sitting up top on the track just cracking up laughing. Oh, man, that was so... I had to turn it down because I remember it was so loud and everybody was standing around me. And I, uh, Levi Everett looks over at me and just gives me this, like, disgusted look. And as I'm just, like, quietly trying to turn you down from using profanity and yelling at Traxler. <laughs> That's the only time I really yelled at him. Oh, man, you were so mad. Hard. Uh, that was, you know, that was an important, again, an important moment. Yeah. It's about the moments. Yep. And, uh, you know, I didn't, yeah. But now oh, now I, we have it set up, which is funny because then I forget. People don't realize that uh, I, I do some producing while standing in the ring, <laughs> if, you, if you watch carefully. Yeah. Uh, and, and now... Because Traxler can't see what's happening in the ring, so now I have to cue him on when to stop and start the next person's music. And every once in a while, only only when the monitor's not working, which is every other show it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah now people are going to be looking for when we pass time cues and stuff. That's going to be that's going to be the best part. Well, people looking for you to think people do this with your lapel. It's I don't know. I'm doing this because it's audio, but to I don't think grab your care. lapel. I don't think people care that much. They just. You know, it is what it is. It's just they don't part pay of the, attention. It's part of the show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they don't pay but attention to me. I guess as we wind <laughs> this down here, Jake, you know what's, uh, you know, <laughs> what do you, you know, like you said, you want to keep learning, but I mean, I, I assume like WWE or something like that is the ultimate goal for you. Yeah, it would be. Um, I mentioned I didn't want to talk about it, but I will. Um, just the heat of the moment stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, think it's like, that big of a deal, bro. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, being on on Raw was so cool, man. It was so cool um, because of just how everything got set up and how fast everything, like it was like that. It was like a split second, and before I knew it, like I I was at the AIW show in Akron with Scott Hall. Um, and when I blink my eyes, the next thing I'm laying on my back in the middle of the ring and former AIW superstar Kevin Steen, now Kevin Owens, just put me through a table. And <laughs> I just think everything comes so fast. Everything came so fast that those three days, because it was like, it was my birthday. Then it was, I just turned 28. Then it was AIW and I did the seminar. Meanwhile, I'm trying to give my full attention to the referees there. Meanwhile, I'm balancing everything that's going on. Then I have to leave and come home. Then the next morning, I f- Sunday, I fly out. Monday, it could wind up Sunday. being the last AIW show of all time. You never oh, know man. what's yeah. going to happen with COVID nineteen. That's the yeah. last show that we ever did. And man. it was just everything came so fast, and like it was cool because once I got down to the ring, I like wiped my feet, and then I just took a moment and just looked around because I was like, I may never do this again in my life. And if I don't, then this is it. I mean, that's a good way to look at it because, I mean, most people don't do it again, you know? So Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the cool thing, too, was the way the, the um, show was structured was I, all I had known previously was that I was just going to get beat up. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I didn't know I was going to have an additional match. And so the cool thing was is when which I, I did, thought which, – Which when I saw you – because I got kind of tipped off. You know, I got some sources outside of you. You're being real kayfabe with me. But I got, <laughs> I got tipped off on the whole thing. And when I saw you ref another match, I mm-hmm. thought, oh, like, this is pretty interesting because they're just putting him out there like he's a regular referee. Yeah. Yeah, which was smart. Yeah, and for them to have that trust in me was 
incredible because they've never seen me work. So, I mean, them just having that trust in me was very cool. Um, also, the fact that when I did that match, when I went to go out for that match, um, I was drinking water all day. And when I got in the ring and wiped my feet and looked around, I had instant cotton mouth. Instant. So, they're, yeah, they're in my head. Just that you oh, out man. That, you know? Ricochet makes his entrance, whatever. And I'm just standing there. And then um, match happens, whatever. Um, I get to the back and I go to my phone and it's just like, everybody's like, my phone was going nuts. And I'm like, meanwhile, underneath my ref shirt, I had the Rollins shirt on. And I was like, <laughs> just wait, like, just wait because it's going to get 10 times better. And it did. And like, that was, that was the first time I ever took a power bomb. It was the first time I ever took a table. Obviously. And it was just like, <laughs> hey. obviously, Hey, that's you know hey, it's, that's a you that's a unique situation i mm-hmm. think for you that's that's very cool as we talk about yeah. the evolution of it because we started this podcast and one of the first aiw matches that you did that was of note involved ricochet and now mm-hmm. here you guys both are at the full top circle of the yeah that, and then you you've refed matches with a tyler black mm-hmm. uh and Kevin Steen, who now, mm-hmm. and then here yeah. you are with Seth Rollins, yeah. Kevin Owens. And I mean, just just think about it. You know, like I made the, you know, the joke that could be the last AEW show, ever. Like, just think about when a Monday Night Raw is going to be that full again. You know what I mean? Like with yeah. all those people, it's kind of crazy, dude. It was just another cool thing for me was just like when I took the stunner and the power bomb. I just kept my eyes open because I'm like, man, I want to just I want to see what's going on. Like, because normally people would close their eyes and just wait and i'm like no man i was like i want to see what's going on like i'm a huge hockey fan and like the winnipeg jets play where we were in winnipeg i'm like oh this is cool like when this isn't raw i'm like oh the winnipeg jets play here like it was just it was just cool because i'm like you know it, it was so like the day like it was such a stressful time but like i'm so thankful for it and like that's a, a lot of people like it goes back to the networking question you have to network with people and like you have to treat everybody the same. This is something my dad told me in high school. Like you never know, treat everybody equal because you never know the person that everybody's a jerk to. And I I'll use him as an example. Cause I love him potato. If everybody's a jerk to him, if he, he makes it one day, when he makes it one day, he's going to remember the people that were nice to him. Yeah, you know that's kind of funny. Like you know, you, you said bringing it full circle, but mm-hmm. um, so that Scott Hall weekend, um, you know, like Zach Thomas uh, it drove him around. He had another booking and was mm-hmm. like, like uh, was driving him around, and he went <laughs> like him and some of the other kids. They all went out to eat, and like every time they went out to eat throughout the weekend, Scott Hall picked up the entire bill, and you know I thanked him for that, and he said, "Hey man," he's like. Kurt Henning taught me you you always be nice to the young guys because you never know which one of the young guys could wind up to be the next Hulk Hogan. And he's like, you know, if they they make it, they'll remember that I was good to them. Exactly. uh, I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, especially from a guy like Scott Hall who has very kind of mixed reviews, I guess, or mixed Mm -hmm. opinions about him. Uh, The fact that, you know, these kids, you know, like Eric Taylor and Chuck Stone are – barely a year not even a year out of wrestling school at this time and he's buying he's buying them lunch and buying them dinner yeah. uh zach thomas same thing and uh just just to be a nice guy and yeah. he said you know i 
I always take care of the young guys when I can take care of them because you never know. You know, they might wind up being uh, somebody very important one day, and they'll say, you know, that Scott Hall guy, he's all right. You know, he's not that bad. And, uh, you know, I thought that that was pretty awesome. You know, uh, just a guy who's who's made it and made millions of dollars, you know, over and could have came in and just been a dickhead, chose yep. not to be. Yeah. Yeah. And again, another full circle thing is when we brought in Kevin Owens, uh, you flew him to Akron, and I was the only one there living at the time, so I picked him up, and uh, we actually ate Waffle House together because they're like in this was near um, where the shows in Akron are at. The name's drawn a blank yeah, to me right yeah, now. Yeah, Tadmore Shrine on yeah. Right on, so this is, Road. Yeah, so around there, there's everything. There's Applebee's, there's Chipotle, there's this, that, whatever. Uh, and he's like, can we get somewhere to eat? And I was like, yeah. And he just looks and he goes, Waffle House. And I'm like, okay. So like, I was able to sit with him and pick his brain and um, eat Waffle House with him. And he took care of me uh, at Waffle House. And like, I think he's another person. I I don't know. I got along with him great. He's very good to me. But he, he might be another person that gets mixed reviews. But he was so good to me. When you're, Except for when that you're time there, he powerbombed you through a table. Yeah. yeah, that was that was yeah. Well, do you <laughs> kayfabe, brother? Yeah. When when you're there, do you have any sort of conversation with those guys about, hey, this is not the first time that, you know, I've reffed your match. Yeah, absolutely, I did. Um, I mean, okay. when I walked when I walked in, like, um, Kevin walked past me and he remembered me by name, and I'm like, wow, that's like crazy because I mean, he sees millions of people every day. Sure. Um, and I that, think I ha- I think I have a formidable face. Up. That always blows my mind too when like somebody knows who I am mm-hmm. versus like sometimes like I'm somewhere and there's somebody that like uh, has no fucking idea who I am and mm-hmm. it's like you've worked for me like twenty times and you have no fucking clue. Who yeah. I am. Um. He was cool. It was cool because like once everything started getting in motion, people started being like, "Hey, my he's gonna be here. Like, take care of him." Um. So like I got to talk with Ricochet obviously for a little bit and he remembered me. Um. <laughs> This one's funny. Uh, I did name drop worldwide to Luke Gallows. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> Steve Guy's reaction, pretty much. He just start. He just goes worldwide. Oh, and starts laughing, <laughs> which was one of the funniest moments I think of the entire thing. Um, I did not name drop worldwide to No Way Jose. No Way Jose was very cool, um, uh, but. When when Owens came in, he was cool. Um, Abyss, I didn't referee his match when he came into AIW, but he did remember working for AIW. Um, who else? Yeah, he's uh, from Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much, I, I mean, you look at that roster and you just look and you're like, oh, there's literally everybody from AIW. I mean, yeah. you name it and they were there. Well, so, there's like, guys, like, if you, if you ran into Ray... You know he's back. Yeah, I ran to Sarah there. Logan. Yeah, um, I ran to uh, Ruby Riot. Um, trying to think because that day was just so. And those are all more recent people that have yeah. gone from AIW to there. So it's like it's very easy to at least maybe not easy, but probably a bit more comforting from mm-hmm. your standpoint yeah. because now very. you know you're going in and you're like, all right, well, yeah, because like at least I've got them. Like mm-hmm. a Seth Rollins has been gone for like 10 years. Or he, did re- you know? he did remember working for AIW though, but he did not remember wrestling Chuck Taylor. He goes, I wrestled Chuck there. I was like, yeah, I was like, that was one of my first shows. He goes, oh man. He's like, that's so cool. Like, that's, you know. his, that's his, I'm pretty sure that was his last AIW match. Yeah, it would have been because after Absolution 5, I was on every show after that. So, 
Yeah. Well, very well, cool. That's a very cool way. I think that's a good way to end yeah. it. Some good stories mm-hmm. there. Um, Jake, any plugs that you wanna you wanna get out of the way? I mean, your Twitter, Instagram, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's just you're, yeah, no, you're no shoot in, you shoot in your in in your fake Facebook like. Oh, hey now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that one earlier, but I was like, uh. I cannot confirm or deny that is me. It may be. I don't know. People you may know, Jacob Randall. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Steve Guy's gonna have to peep that out. Oh, I, I, gotta, I do the editing. <laughs> he does the editing. Yeah. No, uh, let John just, edit this, man. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the same. Clemens Jake. I play a lot of Call of Duty now that we're quarantined and a lot of Madden. You got a Twitch going? No, I stopped doing Twitch. It just got like. It got so exhausting. It sounds stupid to sit there and be like, oh, well, playing video games for four hours a day and talking to yourself is exhausting, but it gets exhausting. Well, <laughs> good to know. There you have yeah, it. Man. Well, there you have it. Well, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, I had thank a good you. time, and uh, I'm sure we can go on and on, and maybe mm. we will again sometime. But, uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. For John Thorne and Jake Clemens, my name is Steve Guy. We'll talk to you next week right here on AIW's The Card is Going to Change.